Proverbs chapter 3. So many of you I've met and we had a chance to meet in the hour that we were together before and got to show some up close pictures about ministry in the Middle East and South Asia. And so praise the, the, the Lord for the work that's being done there. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for inviting me and for letting me be here. I apologize that my wife can't be here this, this weekend. Um, so thank you for understanding that. And for Pastor Dan, as nice as he just made all those comments about me, I would want to echo that in return. And it feels a bit self-serving when I do that because um, you already know a lot of those things about Pastor Dan and Amy. And I'm telling you, I've been in ministry for 25 years now, and I'm telling you, pastoring a church is more difficult now than it has been for a number of years. And please never, ever take for granted the fact that God gives you a shepherd to not only care for you and to nurture you, but to bring you this word every week. And um, I know one pastor that said it was a bit like this, that uh, being a pastor is kind of like always being pregnant, that you deliver your message on Sunday, and then you wake up Monday morning and find out that you're pregnant again. <laughs> And, 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 there, and there's another message coming. And it's like that in pastoral ministry. You just, and the most hours you could ever spend is behind your desk doing the hard work of laboring through the scriptures. And um, I just remind you, you've got a great pastor. Uh, don't take their family for granted. And, and I'm not saying that you have. And, and just the, the consistent, faithful word of God every week to stay at the task. Amen. Amen. I've got my Bible open to Proverbs chapter 3. Now, let me just say this before I get started. I, I won't say a lot about what we do. I really would like to spend more time talking about you, uh, where we are this week as a church, where you are in your walk with the Lord. So I'm going to try to personalize this for you. I might even suggest things to you that you're like, how did he know that? And the answer is, like, I really didn't know that, but maybe God will bring some things to mind. And I'm going to preach from probably one of the most popular passages in the Bible. And so I save all the hard things for guys like this. They can preach from all the hard texts. I just take the low-hanging fruit. And over ministry, here's what I've discovered, years of ministry, is that if I could get these basic things right in my walk with the Lord and have my purpose defined, the plan just seems to go the way the Lord wants it to go. So that's what we're going to look at today. I'm starting in verse 1 of chapter 3. As Solomon writes, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let your steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And would you read with me verses 5 and 6? You could probably set your Bibles down and do it by memory. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at two verses. Um, I'd encourage you to take out a piece of paper um, the, anywhere just or on your phone. If you like, take notes on your phone. We're going to look at three verbs today 
These three verbs will sustain you in your walk with the Lord. They'll encourage your family. They'll strengthen the church. And that's where we want to begin. So let's pray. Father, I pray as we do this, that the risk here, Father, for me is that I'm, I'm treading on familiar verses and words, and, and I'm going to have trouble holding people's attention today, Lord. But I pray that you'll touch our hearts and our lives by the power of, of this passage of Scripture and how you have faithfully used it in many people's lives through years, Lord, to help not only sustain their walk with you, but as a church, our walk with you as a community. And so, Father, I pray that through your spirit, you'll personalize things today. I would find great joy, Father, in just preaching the text, knowing that your spirit is working in every seat and every heart in, in such a way that would bring encouragement to your people today, Lord. I want that to happen. I didn't come just to check a box today in Johnstown, Lord. I'm praying you're gonna use this mightily not only in my life as I remind myself and preach it, but for those who hear it. And so we ask this through your son, Jesus Christ, that you would do this for us, Father. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. I hope you have a pen and, or on your phone or your tablet um, that you'll write just a couple of things down to help you with this as we move through it. Let's start with this first part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make, your, make straight your paths. Let's start at verse six then. Let's, let's start at the end of that passage of scripture where the Lord says he will make, your, make straight your paths. So what we have in the scriptures, we have God declaring to us a cause and effect. Okay, if you do this, then this is what'll happen. I'm gonna do things for you, but there's something that I'm asking you to do for me as you walk with me and as you live this Christian life. And that's what he begins to unpack for us. And the reason he does this is because our own natural tendency is to think that we know what's what's best and we have a certain direction we want to go and, and that's what we're going to do. And sometimes that kind of think thing, thinking then has us veer off onto a certain path or going a certain direction that it's probably a direction we shouldn't even be going. So maybe any of you hear that this morning, you say, Tom, you actually don't, you don't even know this. Maybe... People in the room don't even know this, but I'm on a path right now that I don't think is necessary, the path that God would have me on, and I have veered off. And so this is going to be helpful for you today to think about how the Lord directs our path as Solomon here teaches in this passage of Scripture. So we're going to look at three commands, three commands from the Scripture, and then a promise that God gives us of what God will do. But verse 6 is saying, listen to me, Verse six is saying that if you do this, then I will do this. There's not a person in the room who doesn't desire to know God's will, know the hand of God, what he's doing, how he's working. So not only true of missionaries serving in the Middle East and South Asian places, but in Johnstown, in your school, in your office, in your, in your factory, in the marketplace, in your home that God will make our path straight as we follow him. Many of you know the work of Pilgrim's Progress. Raise your hand if you've read Pilgrim, Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah, a number of you. If you haven't, you'll want to pick up this 
1678, I didn't realize, I had to do research on this, 1678 is when Pilgrim's Progress was written. You think about a literature that has sustained over years and years and still being read and talked about from pulpits today. It's probably regarded as one of the greatest Christian allegories that have ever been written. And so, let me read you part of the story as a summary of those that maybe aren't familiar with Pilgrim's Progress. And there's a part in the book where the readers of Pilgrim Progress, you'll, you'll immediately recognize this, those of you who've read the book, which is part of the journey that Christian and Hopeful are on. And they're talking to one another, and Christian becomes aware of the fact that the path is just too rough for his liking, and his feet are beginning to come sore on this path that they're, that they're walking. And as a result of this, he has become somewhat discouraged, and he begins to think that perhaps there's a smoother path on which they might be able to walk. So soon enough, they find a pleasant little field, and it's called Bypath Meadow. And so Christian, so says Christian to Hopeful, let's step aside and into this path and walk there. Perhaps we will find that this smooth path which follows to the right of the more difficult one will, will actually be to our benefit. To which Hopeful replies, well, what if this path should lead us out of the way? Well, that's not likely, says Christian. Well, little did he know that because they begin to make their way along the path, this smoother path, they, um, they see somebody on the path ahead and they call to this individual and his name is Vain vain confidence. Mr. Vain confidence, where are you going? They ask him. And he says, oh, he says, I'm going to the celestial city. Thereupon he loses his way. He falls into a deep pit and is never to be heard from again. Meanwhile, the weather begins to deteriorate and they're overwhelmed on their journey and they lie down to sleep only to awaken to discover that they've fallen asleep on the property owned by giant despair. And giant despair then takes them into custody in his castle, which is called Doubting Castle. And as a result of that, Christian and Hopeful found themselves in a dark, nasty, stinky dungeon, far from friends and in a hopeless and miserable condition. And Christian observes and says this, who would have thought that this path so pleasant would have led us astray? Now, our journey as a follower of Jesus Christ sometimes resembles a little bit of what's happening here in Pilgrim's Progress. But in chapter 3 of Proverbs, it starts out, I read for you, as Solomon's given his counsel, my son, my son, this is family matter, do not forget my teachings and let your heart keep my commandments. And then what Solomon does is he unpacks these Three commandments that are true of you and they're true of me. They're true of me in the Middle East. They're true of you in Johnstown as we walk with the Lord. So three instructions from the Lord. We're going to make these really clear, really simple. You're going to write them down. I promise you, you write them down today. You'll never forget this for the rest of your life. Like That, that was like a really, like how many times have you preached and told people you'll never forget? I'm telling you, You'll never forget this for the rest of your life. And you're in a journey right now, and these three words will sustain you on the journey that you're on. Here's the first word. 
The first word that I want you to write down is the word trust. Trust. Trust is such a, trust is such a crazy word. In the world of missions, I fully rely and trust on a number of variety of situations. I trust our churches, I trust our supporters, I trust our partners, I trust my wife, I trust our family. I tr- There's a lot of things. I trust the airplanes I fly on, that they're actually going to make it across on a 14-hour flight. There's a lot of trust in our lives that is built into it. But watch what the, watch what the text is saying here. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, what I want us to think about is that all those things I just described, I'm putting my trust in a lot of different things in order to reach the nations for Jesus Christ or to rely on my next ministry reimbursement. There's trust built into the things we do. I love what the author says here because you and I will, in just kind of um, cliche terms, just say to people, well, just trust the Lord. It's almost like flip it, like just trust the Lord. Like just brush your teeth and you won't have any cavities, we would say. And it almost has become so like that for us. Like, Amy, just trust the Lord. Like, duh. And yet it's like one of the most difficult things you do. You're in a position probably right now where you're like, Tom, if you only knew like, how much if I could just really trust the Lord in my circumstance, the difference that it would make in my life right now. I'm just having trouble trusting. I'm trouble trusting. And, and God knows that. So the idea here is that it's not simple, but we're into circumstances. Sometimes life looks grim, and God is asking us to trust him. So Pastor Dan, I haven't unpacked all this with you. Probably this 25 years of ministry, this past year of ministry was the toughest of the 25 I've ever encountered. And you know where the breakdown on most of it was? Was a breakdown in trust. People that I counted on, people that I needed in my life weren't there. Um, just a variety of things that just wouldn't be kind to try to unpack in front of you this morning. And I'm telling you, there, there were days when I just wanted to chuck the whole thing. I'm like, I, I, can't, I, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. It's too much on me. It's too much on my family. It's just, there's just I, I can't do this. And so the reason I'm preaching on Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 this morning is because this was the passage of Scripture that helped me through the past 12 months. And it was as if the Lord was saying, and as one of your missionaries, I'm telling you, I was being as obedient to the Lord as I possibly could be. I never slacked, I never cut back, I never stopped full court press to do what the Lord had called us to do. But I was having a serious problem with trusting him. And what the Lord taught me that I discovered through some of that is it's, Jerry Bridges helped me with this. I think I have a quote in here. I'll read it in a few minutes. I'm getting ahead of myself. But 
Jerry Bridges said this one day when I was doing a study. He said, Tom, it's easier to obey God than it is to trust God. And I thought, how true? How true is that? Because it felt to me, and I know I wasn't doing everything right, you know that, nor are you. But you can obey, you can like do everything right and still have this level of like, I don't know how this is gonna work out. Here's the quote, I found it. He writes as Jerry Bridges, in the area of adversity, the scriptures teach us three essential truths that, that, um, about God that we must believe in order to trust him in adversity. And he says this, they are to one, God is completely sovereign. Two, God is infinite in wisdom. Three, God is perfect in love. And he says this, I have spent a good portion of my adult life encouraging people to pursue holiness, to obey God. Here's the quote. Yet I acknowledge that it often seems more difficult to trust God than it is to obey him. Listen to me. You could be doing everything right in trusting the Lord or in obeying the Lord and feel like the trust factor isn't there. If you don't know it, here's, here's in, in the original language, here's this word trust. Let me just give you some, some description of this. It means to, one, it means to believe. It means to believe. So think about this. In the area of your life where trust is hard for you, here's what helped me. I have to believe that everything that God says he is and everything that he has done and everything that he will do is true. It's absolute truth. So I have to believe that. Even when I don't feel like it, even when the ducks aren't lining up, even when things aren't going the way they should be going, I can trust what he's doing, as Jerry Bridges says, in a sovereign way. The other word that he has, that the scriptures teach us that's built into this word is the idea of having confidence. So when I trust the Lord, I not only believe him, but I have full confidence that he knows what he's doing. So when I get up here and I whine about my last few months of ministry and life and how hard it was, in the middle of that was a God who is faithful, a God who loves me, a God who knew exactly what he was doing with Tom. God never once took his eyes off of me. He was there, and yet it felt like, like, what are you doing? Like, there has to be a better way to do this than the way you're doing it. And then the third is this that I discovered, this word trust and believe and have confidence. Here's the one that really helped me, was to feel, listen to me, to feel safe. Isn't that phenomenal? Solomon's writing this word, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And he's saying you can believe in God, you can have confidence in God. And many of us operate and work from a place where we actually don't feel safe. <laughs> Like you'll hear people say, this is a safe place to be. I'm, as, a, as a biblical counselor, a certified biblical counselor, in the counseling room, I want to say to counselees, you're in a safe place. The only place that's going to be safe for you is going to be when you trust the Lord. That's the only safe place you're ever going to be. And so this word then has us to understand the word trust that God's trying to communicate. Well, let's build on that because I, I asked the question, now how do I do this? Is that a practical question? 
Is that good? How, how do I do this? And look at the text. Verse five tells you how to do it. Trust in, and underline this in your Bible, on your phone, if you, there's a way to highlight whatever that works on your phone. It, it, trust in the Lord. This is the word Yahweh. This is the sacred name of God that's given to us in scripture as Israel's covenant-keeping God whose name is Yahweh. So Solomon's saying, I want you to trust, and I want you to trust in the Lord. Now the alternative is, you put something else in that line where Yahweh is, look, is mentioned in your Bible. I will trust in her. I will trust in him. I will trust in my finances. I will, you, you, can, you can continue to define that. And, and, and honestly, in the Christian walk and what we're doing, it looks to me like what I was doing and you might be doing is trust in, and then I was substituting something else. I was trusting, like, give me understanding. Like, help me to see the next step. Like, help me to know what to do. And really all the Lord was saying is just, you're just gonna have to trust me in this thing. So why don't we trust him? I thought of a few things, and this is gonna resonate with some of you. Because you've been hurt, you no longer trust. I want you to think for a moment. I want you to think, here's, this is kind of a crazy thing to do from here. But I want you to think, put in your mind of somebody that you do not trust. You, you, you don't trust them. Okay, now let me try to go back and explain what I was getting ready to explain with that in mind, okay? Because they've hurt you. I'll never trust them again, right? That's what we say to ourselves. Some of you have been abused. And therefore, you'll never, you'll never ever trust them. And I, I get that. They just weren't there for you, maybe, is what you would say. And I, I, can't, I can't trust them. Now listen to me this morning. If you don't hear anything else I'm saying, understand this. Because here's, here's, this is what will help us. God is not like them. He's not. He's not. Here's what we've done is we've taken this idea of our human perspective and what we can understand in this horizontal relationship that we have and we say this is what trust looks like. Trust is the faithful husband, the faithful, we say trust is like this. God says it's much different than that. Trust is a, trust is a vertical thing. Trust is this faith that you have, the confidence, the safe place you have in God that you can trust him no matter what. He's not, he's not like them. Look on in the text. Trust in the Lord. So we got the trust, we got the Lord. Now watch the next part, with all of your heart. 
You see, the heart is the, in the Bible, the heart refers to our emotions, our intellect, our understanding, our discernment, our reflection, our will. There are Bible verses for all of those things that describe the heart of you. Now notice what God isn't saying in the text. Trust in the Lord and follow your heart. It's not what it's saying. The Lord is saying, I want you to trust in me with all of your heart to understand that following your heart means that you're going to follow after the things of God. There's a, there's a false gospel that says that... Um, Following your heart, there, there, uh, let me just read this. There's a creed embraced by billions of people. Unfortunately, it's a statement of faith that leads to a false gospel. Sometimes I should just read my notes. And it's proclaimed in many books and our movies and songs. Essentially, it's the belief that your heart is a compass inside you that will direct you to your own true north if you just have enough courage to follow it. That's actually in my notes. Let's, let's think of it this way. I was going to bring my phone up and I forgot to do it. Um, I have a compass on my phone. Do you guys know that? You guys know that you have a compass on your phone? Probably never used it. Rick's using it. He's nodding his head at me. Um, it, okay, let's do this. I'll probably run out of time today, but never mind. Um, somebody, somebody pull up their compass on their phone. Let's see who actually knows that there's a compass on the phone. Rick, it's not on your watch. I can't use your watch. Okay, here we go. Cool. Thanks, man. This is great. I love this. Have any of you ever seen the movie uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Do you remember the Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Okay, some of you are like, oh, man, what's he like quoting this movie for from the pulpit? <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. Do you remember in the movie? Okay. Captain Jack Sparrow carries a, a, um, a compass with him, right? Do you remember? All I can remember is the first movie. He would pull it out and he would kind of flip it out in his kind of ornery way and he'd look at it and and I think he was trying to give the girl in the movie some direction. And let's just try this. Okay, I just want to check with you guys. Does anybody in the room know which way north is? I'd like all of you to just point north, if you would. Okay, please keep them up high and point so everybody can see. Now, I want you just to look around the room. Can you just look around the room? Does anybody here know where north is? Like... We're pointing in all, all four directions right now, okay? You're all going in different, different directions. That's exactly the point of your heart. Your heart's like a compass, and your heart will tell you whatever it is that you want it to say to you. And that's what we end up doing. We, we say we're trusting the Lord, but in essence, thank you, I'll reveal at the end of the service which way true north is, Okay. <laughs> If I forget, would you tell them after I leave which way north is so the people driving home today can actually figure out which way, which way to get home? So the idea is there's this compass and it's inside of us and we feel like that's the direction we should go when God is saying, I want you to follow me, trust in the Lord and follow after him. I was reading John Bloom. It's a long quote, but bear with me as I read this. He says this, your heart has likely said things today that you would wish not to repeat. I know mine has. My heart tells me that all of reality ought to serve my desires. 
My heart likes to think the best of me and the worst of others. Unless those others happen to think well of me, then they are wonderful people. But if they don't think well of me or even they just disagree with me, well then, something must be wrong with them. And while my heart is pondering my virtues and, and others' errors, it can suddenly find some immoral and horribly angry thought to be very attractive. Your heart will tell you whatever it is that you want it to say to you. The scriptures are clear on this. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? In Matthew 15, Jesus, as the great physician, lists the grim symptoms of this disease. He says this, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Your heart is wicked by itself. It needs to trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart with all don't follow your heart trust the lord as he seeks to guide you okay we're doing three words i'm going to do the other two words much quicker so i can get you to lunch is lunch like 10 minutes away okay five minutes for each word okay i don't know what time pastor dan finishes but i'm sure not as early as i'm going to finish <laughs> okay number one is the word what Okay, number two is this. It's lean. You all know this where I'm going now. Lean. Lean on the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding. Lean instead. Lean on God. The idea is don't rely or lean on your own understanding. When I trust the Lord, I think my perspective, my outlook, my vision says this is what's going on. And you're not always so sure that you're right and you know you're not right. And so we have this limited perspective. And the fact is you can't lean on your own understanding. Your own understanding won't make sense to you. Like explain to me why I experienced what I experienced in the last year. Like I can't understand it. And you know what? I don't have to understand it. So the scriptures is speaking about not leaning on our own understanding. And the problem is each of us have a propensity to figure it out and to be in control. Okay, if I haven't tapped a nerve, I probably just maybe stepped on a couple of them just there. You want your ducks lined up, you want them in a row, and you want it to happen like this. And now people are nodding at me or they're looking down like, mm. <laughs> But I just want to encourage you that leaning on your own understanding, just, uh, just, it just does not work. You don't have the perspective to do this. You don't have the sight of the Lord. And often we want to see things, but we only see a fraction of what's really happening. I remember somewhere along the way, John Piper quoted, there's, there's about 10,000 10, things going on around you right now as I speak. 10,000 things, maybe 10 billion things. And you might have a grasp on three of them. They just, you just can't. You're just, you're just impossible for you to understand this. So we need to trust in the Lord. We need to lean. And then here's what confused me a little bit about this. Because it says in the scriptures to lean not on your own understanding, and yet the scriptures teaches me a lot about 
having understanding. I'll give you a few of them. There's multiple ones. Incline your heart to understanding. That's in Proverbs. I'll just do the ones in Proverbs. Proverbs 2.3. Raise your voice for understanding. Proverbs 2.11. Understanding will guard you. Proverbs 3.13. Blesses the one who gets understanding. The scriptures is encouraging us to have understanding. The problem is, is that I can't lean on my own understanding. I have to lean on the Lord's understanding. And that will happen through trust. Through trust. Um, I love all kinds of music. I honestly do. If you saw my Apple playlist, you'd think I was weird. I just listened to a little bit of this. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in and what I'm listening to. Having been uh, raised, graduating from high school, you know, about the, between, well, the 70s and 80s, okay? So um, I listened to a lot of music, even the, the old music. You know, I was raised on Motown. I hope that's not offensive to any of you, but I wasn't a believer. I was raised in a multi-ethnic neighborhood, and all my friends listened to Motown. I grew up on Motown. Anyhow, I had on my playlist, and I was listening. I don't think it was even my playlist. It was just a radio thing, and this song popped up that threw me to the past, and it's an illustration for what we're doing here. The song is by Bill Withers. Anybody know who that is? I didn't know who it was. The song is called Lean On Me. Mm, I just heard people like buzzing about that. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. And then the chorus goes something like this. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. So you just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. Lean on me. You guys want to start singing now? We're going to just kind of, because <laughs> I know you know the song. Your, your bodies are telling me, like, I know the song. I could sing the song. I'm not going to sing the song for you. Okay, great song, bad theology. Okay, and that's, that's the point. Like, I want to lean on you. I want you to help me. But you know what? I cannot, I cannot anchor my life leaning on you. You just, you just can't do it. It's just not going to work. They will fail you. They're just going to fail you somewhere along the way. Be the greatest husband in the world and he's going to fail you somewhere along the way. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. First word is trust. Second word. Third word, and then we'll, we'll finish here. The third word then is to acknowledge. Trust, lean, acknowledge. Now, acknowledge isn't like you think acknowledge. Let me unpack the last one for you because it's the one that brings the greatest surprise. Acknowledge the Lord. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And then we already talked about He'll make straight your paths. The word acknowledge here isn't acknowledge like I acknowledge pastor. I acknowledge Rick. I, I acknowledge like I know you and, and, and you know me kind of thing. But what I want you to think about is this word acknowledge isn't like in I know who you are, 
but it's, it's built on the premise that I have, a, I have a personal relationship with you that runs very deep. Let me give you an example. I would say to you, I was thinking of an example of how to illustrate this yesterday. And um, how many of you know Tim Tebow? Raise your hand. Really? All you guys know Tim Tebow. So if I brought Tim Tebow into the room, okay, he's from Jacksonville, Florida, where my kids are. If I brought Tim Tebow in the room, he'd say, hey, Tim, hey, Bo, hey, Timbo, whatever you kind of call him. And he'd say, hey, yeah, hey, hey, Tim, you know, how's it going kind of thing. Like, you actually don't know him. You just know of him. This word acknowledge is like that. This word acknowledge is, 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 is the idea that you actually do know him. You don't, you don't just like aware of him, like in an acknowledgement, like we would think of this word acknowledge. The translation of the word is that you actually, you actually know him. You actually know him. And so when we think about the idea then, the passage of scripture is trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not to your understanding. In all your ways, here's a better translation. In all your ways, know him. Isn't it so cool? Because what Solomon's doing, he's connecting those first two to the last. Because when I trust him, and I lean on him, and I don't lean my own understanding, that's actually how I get to know him. That's how I develop this relationship with him. And sometimes in the Christian life, we're moving through in an acknowledgement. We're raising our hands, and now I know Jesus Christ. I know Tim Tebow. Like, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you born again? Do you actually know him? Let's read it all through together, and then I want to give you one last closing thing. Start in verse 5 and read it with me, would you? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay. Now, let me give you one takeaway. Those three words, you'll remember them forever. Trust. What's the next word? What's the third word? Okay, that's, you, you got this down. You can, you can do the Christian life on this. Now, here's the, here's the fun. I don't want to rob you of the joy of unpacking verse 7. Look down in your Bibles. Just the first part of verse seven says this. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Somewhere in the Christian store, when they did the plaque, they forgot verse seven, didn't they? Okay, here's your homework assignment. This week, I want you just to resonate with verse seven based on what happened in verses five and six. As you move through VPS this week, pour yourselves into the lives of these children, trusting, leaning, knowing, and then, even with them, don't be wise in your own eyes. Hey, teachers, the rowdiest kid in the room is probably the missionary. <laughs> just kind of works like that. I don't know how. It just kind of works like that. And may the Lord bless you this week as you, as you do world missions in this church this week. Father, thank you for the preciousness of our time together. I feel really rushed and scattered right now, Father, just moving through that so quickly, and, and yet it was long enough. I pray, Father, that you'll help 
Pastor Dan, Amy, uh, the staff here. I, I pray for our elders here. I pray for our deacons. I pray, Father, for the work in Johnstown. I pray for the, the global outreach of partners that are part of this family like we are, Lord, and I'm thankful for that. I pray you'll bless them, Father, for blessing us. Would you do that? Would you bless them, Father, for blessing us? And I pray this week as they move through, my parting prayer, Lord, is that you'll just, you'll just have an amazing week here in the church as VBS, hours and hours committed to this. People will be exhausted by the end of the week. And so, Lord, teach us how to trust, how to trust you this week. Teach us how to lean on you, Father, like we've never leaned on you before. For the family sitting out there who hear these words and they're like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I pray for you this morning. I pray you have a renewed sense of the, the, the work of the Lord in your life. As you trust, you lean, and then just, just, just get to know him more. Don't acknowledge him with a cheap handshake. Um, get to know the Lord as you walk with him. Spend time in his word. Invest in your church as your church invests in you. And so, Father, we love you. We give you thanks. Just continue to bind our hearts as we walk with you and serve you. And it's in your son's precious name that we pray these things. Amen.